Hello, and welcome to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. Here at the Freedom Challenge, we strive to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. We hope you enjoy your time being informed and encouraged with host Tracy Doherty and our amazing guests. So let's get ready and join Tracy for this week's episode. Hey, Freedom Sisters and listeners, thank you so much for joining me today, especially because this is a very special episode that is close to my heart, and you get to find out why in just a few minutes. But before I introduce our special guests, yes, there's two of them, I want to talk to you a little bit about what we have planned for the month of May. There is so much goodness in store. If you listened to last week's bonus episode, you heard our beautiful Ruth Willett, the statuesque Scottish princess, the prayer coordinator of the Freedom Challenge, and she shared with us a little bit about what has been happening in her own soul about this word beauty and the fullness of the wisdom that has been stirring her heart. And partnered with that episode next week, we're going to be releasing the prayer guide. It's actually a prayer and worship episode that will be used for the women that are participating in the Mount Baldy Challenge. That's happening Saturday, May 15th. What's so excited about that challenge is it is actually the first in-person challenge we have had since February 2020. So pretty excited about that. But if you can't make it, you can partner in that challenge by praying with us. And the women will be actually using that very specific podcast to guide them on the trails. And I invite you to do the same thing with us. Maybe you're going to go on a walk or you're going to sit in your backyard or you might even stay in the house. But you are invited to pray and participate with the California Regional Challenge in prayer and engaging on that day or any day for that matter. So if you want to learn more about that, you can go to the show notes and listen to that episode, and you don't want to miss it. Also in May, I'll let you know that we are focusing on the power of generations coming together. And this is something I love, 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 love about the Freedom Challenge. On every one of our challenges, actually even from the beginning, we've had such a diverse age group involved. We've had as young as a 14-year-old, and actually, I think Mount Baldy, we have a 12-year-old who's uh, part of that challenge with her mom, and we've had someone who is 82, and so, and really any age between that. But the Freedom Challenge brings women together of all ages. It's very unique in that regard. So to highlight the vibrancy of these generational connections, we're using Mother's Day as a time to appreciate these relationships between mothers and daughters in the Freedom Challenge. And I thought, who better to bring as guest than my mom and my daughter? So drum roll, please. My mom and my daughter are joining me today. I'm really thrilled. They are both my best friends, and I think they would say the same thing of me. Well, let's hope that they would. But the Freedom Challenge is known and and impacts the whole family unit. So whenever there's a woman who participates in the Freedom Challenge, she gets to bring her whole tribe with her. 
And that would include husbands, boyfriends, friends, cousins, sisters, the whole, the whole gamut. In my case, my mom and my daughter. And it's really one of the most remarkable parts about the ministry is how those relationships connect in such a unique way that probably would not have happened unless brought together through the Freedom Challenge. So without further ado, I want to introduce my mom, Barb Christensen. Mama, can you introduce yourself to the listeners and the Freedom Sisters and maybe just give us a little bit about how you're spending your days and a peek into your life right now. And please don't forget Leroy because he's one of the most important parts of your life right now. I don't really want to start with Leroy, but I will start (laughs) by saying I'm very glad to be able to do this with my daughter and my granddaughter. Um, I have two daughters and seven grandchildren, but three that are married. So I consider that to be 10, actually. And I was married for 55 years, and my husband went to heaven a little over a year ago. So I'm in a, in a grieving season right now, but I have tons of support with my family. And of course, my little puppy, Leroy, who is delightful and so much fun. I have a lot of support with my family, Drew, uh, my granddaughter, who's going to be sharing, and her husband have lived with me for almost a year. And that has been, we were just saying this morning, we're good roommates. We get along. We enjoy each other so much. And we're so grateful for that. I love it. And mom, I'm your best friend, right? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) You were all waiting to see if she would return that. Oh, that is so true. And I'll also add, you're talking about the grandkids. No great grandkids yet, but you do have grand dogs, great grand dogs. You've got all these dogs. And it's so funny watching all of these dogs run around your house. There's like, what, six of them? And it's like... It's like doggy daycare. It's super cute. (laughs) It's true. It's so true. And next, my amazing daughter, Drew Walsh. Drew, would you do the same? Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Um, Yes, my name is Drew Walsh. I am Tracy's daughter, her only daughter. Um, Mom, I can confirm that, yes, you are my best friend. (laughs) And Nanny is my best friend as well. So I I can, um, yes, agree with what you said earlier. It is the truth. Um, But, yes, I have been married uh, to my high school sweetheart, Ryan, uh, for coming up on five years in May. Um, I am a graduate student right now, um, hoping to become a uh, marriage and family therapist. And I uh, live in Southern California in San Diego, and I'm excited to join uh, both you ladies today to talk about uh, Freedom Challenge and our relationship. I love you, daughter, and it would not be a mother-daughter, a grandmother podcast unless your mother did a shameless plug for you. She's not only a grad student, she goes to Fuller Seminary, everyone. This girl is brains and beauty all (laughs) together, so, you know, these are like such amazing women. So I love them so much. And we'll actually hopefully have a picture to splash up on Instagram so you can put the face, the faces with the whole crew. But let's get started. When women do a freedom challenge, she tends to bring her whole tribe with her. And 
you both have been on the front row seat of my journey of the Freedom Challenge, both before becoming the director and just participating, you know, bringing women along with me. Um, We'll talk about what that was like from your perspective, but I would like to hear your take on how you experienced my journey along with me and maybe some personal transformation you've witnessed in me, but also in yourselves as we've gone together in this journey of Freedom Challenge. Whichever one of you wants to go first is fine with me. Well, I appreciate uh, watching my daughter's calling since she was a teenager um, and just responding to the Lord and obeying him. It's been beautiful to see. I look at Tracy being the director of Freedom Challenge as a promotion because she's been faithful and a little, and the Lord has just added responsibility to her. One of the things I love uh, actually reading the annual report is the fact that awareness has been brought to me personally with Tracy's involvement on uh, just the problem of human trafficking and how uh, 40 million are involved. And um, it's just eye-opening to understand that. Uh, When I went on, um, I don't know if I'm going to go into Bryce Canyon yet, but when I was involved in coming to one of the events, and how amazing that was to be on the prayer team with Ruth was really powerful. I loved being under her leadership. She brings a lot of worship uh, music into it, which is great for prayer. And um, I loved um, encouraging the women as they went out on their hikes and when they came in uh, doing the the foot washing and the uh, words that we gave them, Ruth would give us a list of women's names And then we would um, pray over that list and then have verses or pictures that God would give us to total strangers in some cases and see that be very encouraging and meaningful for each one of the women. So I have loved coming alongside Tracy. And that was just that one event, but um, I'm hoping to go to uh, Israel, Lord willing. But I have seen uh, my daughter be just transformed by the power of directing and leading in a greater way uh, as a pastor's wife, um, and then influencing a lot of the women that were at our church to be a part of Freedom Challenge, which has been, uh, she's a woman of influence, and that's pretty obvious uh, watching her life. Hmm, That's so nice, Mom. I love having you around as a partner and a sidekick, and I have a lot of (laughs) fun stories about rooming with my mother, but we will keep those off this podcast. (laughs) Yes, please. We will. But um, (laughs) those of you who don't know, my mom is known for being a woman of intercession and prayer. That's one of the main things that I, well, not the main things, but one of the highlights that I have learned from her. And we'll hear a little bit more about Bryce Zion in a bit, but, uh, I've been grateful for, you know, the ability to bring the people I love into some of the more heavy and weighty matters of this call that is now really a movement of women who care, who are engaged. And it means so much to have both my mom and my daughter with me on that journey. So Drew, I'll ask you, 
What have you seen? How has Freedom Challenge impacted you as a person on the front row seat of my life as I've made this journey? Yeah, so I think that there's um, quite a few different aspects of the Freedom Challenge that has um, impacted me, that have impacted me. Um, But from the seat of being your daughter, from being in this seat, I think one of the main uh, things that comes to my mind is um, how being able to witness you um, try something new at a later age and at a later stage in your life, um, kind of having the boldness and having the, um, the passion to step out into a new thing that God might, um, that God was calling you to do. Um, and as your kid, you know, as a, as a young woman myself, figuring out, you know, what my life is going to look like and, and the different things that I'm passionate about and that I, you know, want to move toward and work towards seeing you be able to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and asking you to do something new um, and kind of moving from a local ministry to more of a global ministry has been uh, something I think that has really shaped not only my faith, but also, yeah, my awareness of of human trafficking and the issues that it presents. Um, but then also just to see your faith in the Lord to lead you into new seasons that you might not um you know, know too much about, but that you're stepping out in faith. I think that that has been definitely a highlight seeing you step into this mm. role as a uh, Freedom Challenge director. Wow. And I, I think, Drew, as I'm listening to you, it's, I, I've always had something in my head where, you know, I love the younger generation. I so value the wisdom of the generation that's gone before me. And there's always been this little part in me where I see young people running ahead and I'm like, I better pick up the pace. I need to keep up. And um, so I, I appreciate you, you know, just tipping your hat toward courage to do something new. And for me, yeah. if you all know, um, and many of you listening have heard this story that I actually am the poster child of a non-athletic person who who had never camped, never knew I even liked the outdoors and was encouraged by a peer, a friend, the founder of Freedom Challenge, Kathy Anderson, and stepped into what I would have described as, I don't want to be cold and I don't like getting up early. That was kind of my big reason not to participate. So but true. what I discovered was that as I allowed my call or my heart for women and children to be the purpose and intention in moving, all of those other physical pieces of engaging kind of came along after. And Drew, I mean, you have a story of, you can tell it, but you know, I can't even believe like who doesn't have tennis shoes. My very first challenge, I didn't even own tennis shoes. You, you take it. Share that. Yes. I, Shameful this, story. This, this is a really great a treat of a story for the people listening, um, just thinking about where you can start and then where you can end up a couple years later. But yeah, I remember when my mom started hiking um, and was getting involved with the Freedom Challenge. I remember her getting ready, getting all of her stuff together. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, you're wearing my cheer shoes on your hike. What in the world? And that, uh, I feel like that speaks for itself. Um, so from cheer shoes where, um, our, yeah, to hiking boots are, our funny joke that I feel like the three of us have is that you traded high heels for hiking boots and that couldn't yeah. be more true. Yeah. Yes. If I could find high, 
hiking boots that had high heels, that would be such a great invention. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but um, it's not practical, but it's a good thought. It's a good thought. So, uh, I, I have, um, I always like to, I'm even, I'm hiking with someone right now, which has been so fun because she has a whole slew of very young athletic kids and she herself had never done anything outdoors. Similar story to me. And her kids are like looking at her. She's already exceeded her fundraising. She's out hiking probably 25, 30 miles a week. And all of her children are going, what happened to mom? And consequently, they're being motivated, similar to what you said, Drew, to be like, I'm going to tackle some of my fears and move ahead with some risks. So that's the beauty of that intergenerational up-closeness. So thanks for sharing. And so, Drew, you went uh, to Grand Canyon. You actually went on a challenge in 2019. Right. I wonder if you might just share a little bit about what that was like and, um, you know, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Yeah. So I went on um, a mission trip to Moldova and then actually did a a proper freedom challenge challenge. Uh, We did the hike. We hiked the Grand Canyon in 2019. Um, That I can still to this day confidently say that that is the the hardest thing I had ever done. Um, The most rewarding thing I've ever done. And um, yeah, reflecting on that trip, I I think that it really helped you kind of in a sense – put your money where your mouth is. I mean, it's one thing to be able to give money to projects and give money to, um, you know, ministries like Freedom Challenge and others, but then to actually take time out of your schedule to train and discipline your body to prepare for such a challenge, um, you know, in in the name of freedom was, was absolutely transformational. And I think that um, – looking back, there were so many moments where I, I had just stopped and thought to myself, I can't do this. I I'm, I'm crying. I'm, I'm fearful. I'm scared. I, I am not cut out for this. I'm not, you know, this outdoorsy, I probably could have done, you know, an easier hike. And, and that really is kind of the essence of the challenge is, is pushing yourself to do things that you didn't necessarily think you could do. And then in that, the spiritual transformation that happens in that kind of surrender and in that forging forward is so powerful. And, and again, so transformative. I think that, um, that trip really put into perspective for me, kind of that gravity, of, of difficulty and of situation that so many people are in, um, who are being trafficked. And I'm not trying to relate my experience of hiking a hard mountain with someone who's being trafficked, but just the idea of, you know, having these moments of pain and having these moments of, I, I'm, I feel like I can't go on and I can't do this. And then to be able to translate those feelings and those thoughts to, um, to prayers for the women we're hiking for, um, yeah, it really did something deep and spiritual. And um, so to be able to kind of complete that journey um, in the name of these women that we're fighting for and, and for their restoration and freedom uh, was was absolutely trans- transformational. Yeah, something I like to say to people is really, if you don't go, you don't know. There's absolutely. something about the sisterhood, the trails, and the whole packaging that does such a deep work. And Drew, to your point about, you know, when we think about human trafficking, it's the disempowerment of the body. 
Someone is taking choice from you. And so when a woman like you chose to say, I am using my power and my body to choose to do something hard as a symbolic gesture for my sister somewhere else in the world who does not have such a choice, there really is a sense of spiritual warfare, even in that simplicity. And I know, I remember just when you first started that first day, I almost had to step away as your mom because I wanted to help a little bit more than I probably should have and allow some of the other women to come beside you. But I remember those first couple of hours were scary for you and challenging. And then the next day, you were like at the front of the pack leading the charge. So even just watching that shift was really cool. And I loved being in a tent with you and the girls and, you know. So fun. So many crazy memories. (laughs) So many crazy memories. And one of them is I, everything I prayed wouldn't happen, that I wouldn't get sick and I wouldn't start my, you know, monthly, my monthly flow. All of it happened. I got sick. I had to eat raw garlic. Someone had to carry my water for me. It was all of it. But God just met even in those weak places. So. I and I think also, and I think also, if I I could speak to that too, I feel like even in those little tough moments of all the things that you know you quote unquote pray don't happen leading up, I think all of those had even more pieces to the puzzle of this spiritual transformation. You know, if we let them of of you know having to again be outside of your comfort zone and be uncomfortable in a way that just makes you vulnerable and makes you have to kind of surrender to this process and then really lean into the Lord. Um, yeah, I, I would say it, it enhanced the experience even having to go through, um, you yeah. know, things like our, our period and yep. eating different foods and carrying heavy packs. Yep. I mean, there's so many elements, but I think all of them uh, collectively added to the experience and added to, um, you know, the reason, the yes. why behind what we were doing. I remember someone carrying um, a supply of my water because I was feeling sick and how humbling that was to actually allow a sister to care for me, her load plus a little bit of mine, all of that stuff, disciples. So thank you for your perspective, Drew. And mom, I you shared a, a bit, a snippet about you being and Bryce Zion. And yes, I'm praying you're going to be on that Israel challenge with us in October, Lord willing, with all of the world pandemic coming to some semblance of order. But one thing I wanted to highlight about that particular trip was the day that you chose to actually go on. I think it was the prayer team actually went on one of the challenges that day. And I remember there was some uncertainty even with you, but maybe you could crack that part of the challenge open. We heard about the prayer, but what was that like for you that day? And I think you hiked the Narrows. Yeah, I would like to add that watching my daughters on these dangerous hikes, in some cases, my nieces, and to see um, a confidence um afterward that that was on them because they accomplished so much so that that's a joy to see that and to and to watch that and to see a greater courage and confidence because of it but Bryce Canyon Bryce Zion excuse me um and I was a bit wobbly because I didn't really have the proper equipment but I had women that came alongside me and and literally held my elbows as we walked through the water and um 
and just enjoyed each other so much. But, you know, that was um, a bit of a challenge for me. But I think um, what I remember most was the help and the tender care <laughs> being set almost 73 and feeling a little bit wobbly and, you know, in some cases a fall risk. Uh, that was encouragement, encouragement to me. And, um, and really is a, is a fond memory of the two women that came alongside me. Yeah, that was a beautiful hike too. It was the Narrows there in Zion with the water running through the canyons. I remember seeing the pictures and just there's something about being in creation with each other that really does um, engage the body and open up the heart to some really deep spiritual places. My sister, who my mom referenced, my sister Stacy Brown, actually went to Machu Picchu, Peru with me and she was my tent mate and we had some harrowing experiences at that so we'll leave it at that for now um those of you who have heard susan howard and i share about that trip i think that was one of the early on podcasts you can listen to that if you want to hear more about that but that is great insight from both of you And as I said before, one of the things that I have enjoyed a lot about the Freedom Challenge is how it just creates these national, natural relationships between the older and the youngers and all the in-between. And a lot of that comes out of those intense environments that you're in for a prolonged period of time. You don't have those kinds of intense environments that bring you together, that foster lifelong relationships, but those shared experiences, those moments that you almost feel like you were at war, it just does something to you. I know, Drew, you probably could look at any of those women who were on your team and you would immediately feel a connection and a kindredness because of that experience together. And again, that's something I've just really treasured is that the multi-generational relationships. And that's something long before the Freedom Challenge that I've loved about us. And I, I have to say, before I open this up for us to talk about, you know, that's not an autopilot thing. And I think it'd be easy to look at mom, daughter, daughter, granddaughter, and just say, isn't that sweet? But Really, the investment that we've made in each other through the years has um, been intentional mm-hmm. and in in many ways wonderful, but not without challenges. So I would just love to hear from both of you by way of reflection on our relationships, but also for encouragement for those that are listening at the investment into those generational relationships, either both in your family and outside? Well, I'll go ahead and start. Um, I've always valued older women because as a young Christian in my 20s, I had this holy hub, of uh, holy huddle actually of older women that just um, brought me so much richness in my life. And I think after the Titus 2, where it says older women teaching, older women teaching the younger women how to love their husbands, how to love their children, has been something really important in my life because of my humble beginnings and how much those women meant to me. So I now I'm the older woman and I feel like um, pouring into younger women 
is really part of what God has called me to do. And uh, certainly for our family, that is true. Um, but I learned from my daughters uh, as well. And I feel like investing in the younger generation is really important. For example, I, I had a, a group of 10 young girls from Young Life that came. And it just so happened that um, I learned that the, the leader was needing an older woman to kind of come alongside them. So I had them over for brunch and learned a lot about the things that they deal with and mm -hmm. really had a heart for them. So I think keeping an outward focus on um, who the Lord wants you to connect with and, and keeping sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading in that regard. Yeah. I'd like to add to, to what you said, mom, something I've heard you say through many years now is I'm usually the oldest person in the room and I love it. And so sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'll even say in front of people, oh, my little old lady mom. And I could see people are like, wait a minute, don't say that about your mom. And you just step into it and are like, I love it. And I really do believe it's because you've connected to sort of those gray hair value scriptures out of Proverbs. And you have really owned that as not mm -hmm. a diminishment to your life, but as such an added value because you see how it serves in the bringing of wisdom and experience. And I've really, you know, just learned from that about you where a lot of people are looking at, you know, Proverbs 31 says she looks to the future and she laughs, which is a sense mm -hmm. of hope. And you yeah. have really modeled that a lot. I think especially it's been greatly tested as you've lost, you know, you've lost dad this last year, the love of your life. But what I've seen you do is ground down into the next, which is the investment of your whole life into the kingdom of God in the next generation. It's, it's really mm -hmm. remarkable to behold. So I want to honor Thank you for you, that. Chase. Thank yeah. you, Tracy. Yeah. And Drew... Talk a little bit about yeah. your intentionality in investing in multi-generational relationships, both inside your family and out. Yeah, I think um, something that comes to mind and um, first, yeah, I think I'm I'm very blessed to be able to say that I've been a part of um, kind of this generational heritage of, um, you know, learning from and then helping learn between you, mom, and also nanny, um, and just the closeness and uh, the sweet relationship that we share. I think that's that's something that has greatly shaped the way that I operate um, in life. But thinking about it in, in the context of Freedom Challenge and maybe for other women that are that are listening that don't feel like they, they might not have that closeness or might not have those relationships, those, you know, intergenerational relationships going, um, gosh, I would say that's another amazing reason to join the Freedom Challenge and to build that sisterhood because one of the favorite memories that I have of um, the Freedom Challenge mission trip that I went on was the intergenerational relationships that were built uh, within our team. Um, we had one woman on the team um, who was uh, certainly several decades older than um, a group of us young girls. And she oh my gosh, I just remember we were gleaning wisdom from her the entire time, asking about her marriage, asking about her family, her life, the way that she 
lived and the decision she made and, um, you know, as in, insightful and amazing as the trip, the missions trip was itself, it was also so incredible to be able to build those relationships on a Freedom Challenge trip. Um, and then also uh, same with, with the hike. There were people ranging from young to old. And I think being able to build um, that spiritual sisterhood, that spiritual family um, that we are able to share in Christ is so precious and special. And I think that uh, a freedom, the Freedom Challenge community is a place where those relationships can be fostered and built. Um, so I would say other than the apparent you know, closeness of intergenerational relationships that I have with my family and in the people within my, my context here in San Diego, I would say that really special relationships were built both ways, upward and downward um, on mm. the Freedom Challenge trips. And I yeah, think that that's a great place to start if you are listening and you feel like you know you don't have that right now. Yeah, that's good. Something I've noticed in myself as I'm getting older, because I, get, I guess I'm kind of in that older group now. I'm 50. And, uh, I, I, I'm in the older group. So, um, but you know, mom, you could maybe resonate with this. And for anyone who's kind of, let's say that 50 plus group, I hear this little pestery voice that likes to come and visit about my lack of relevance. And I think that that voice keeps the generations apart at times. It's this sense of, uh, I don't know if I'm relevant or I have so much to say and no one wants to hear it. And then for the younger generation, the dividing can just be slowing down enough to value and nurture just that mutual exchange. Because again, it's not one-sided. When I spend time with the younger generation, which almost all of the Freedom Challenge team is you know, mid to late 20s, uh, there is a mutual exchange in the benefit of that relationship. And we learn from each other. But I mean, I, I would just love this I, this dynamic of maybe not feeling relevant and um, maybe not feeling there's access to younger women who want to engage. I can, I can hear that sometimes in the younger generation. Well, they don't really want to hear from me. Or the younger generation not slowing down enough to see the value of the time spent. Do you have anything that you guys want to contribute to that that part of this dialogue by way of encouragement or exhortation? I I don't feel like I've um, struggled with being relevant, but trying to be relatable, um, and I think love and caring and being outward focused for older women, which I have in my life and I learned from and younger women. Mm. Um, I find that I'm relevant because of God's word in my life. And because I, I really want to serve Jesus. It's good. So I feel like there's a relatability because of that. And I try to keep that posture in my life, especially with my new normal now as a widow I've found there's a hundred scriptures about widows in the Bible. So I feel like um, women that are younger maybe um, need uh, to be a little outward focused too, that there are older women that want to get with them and teach mm -hmm. them. And um, But I'm finding it that I've had both in my life, which I'm very thankful for, older women that I learned from, younger women that I'm bringing along, 
And, um, and that's a new place that I find myself with more time to invest. And mm. I try to do that. Yeah. It's such a biblical model. Like that it just, it really, really is to see the generation's hearts turning toward one another. And a statement that you said about love, my husband, Dan Doherty has always said the term love is relevant. And I think we actually had an art piece made with that, but it's so true. Love never fails and love is relevant, especially in a world in which there is love anemia everywhere. So that is encouraging. Drew, what would you say into this? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, thinking about relevance and kind of I'm in this unique posture of I I am still young. I'm in my 20s. um, But as I've, you know, felt myself kind of creeping up more toward my 30s, I I feel myself, you know, leaving um, this younger kind of mindset and really shifting into what it means to be a young woman um, and a young professional. So I feel like in this season, um, I I feel also I feel that I want to um, capture what other older women um, that are beyond my years have to pour into me. But I also feel like I'm I'm stepping into this season of being able to um, be something for younger women also. So I'm kind of at this this cool spot where I feel like I um, need and want both, um, and I think that that takes intentionality. It takes carving out time. It takes, um, you know, listening to the Holy spirit to, to bring about those right relationships. And, and I, by no means am, am doing it right or perfect, but I think it's, um, I think it's the kingdom. It's the heart of God to be able to, um, be learning from always, and then be pouring into others from what you're learning. Um, yeah. So I feel like I'm, I'm in a unique place right now to be able to, uh, be having both. Yeah, that's good. I'm thinking about the model of Paul and Timothy. Paul was the father. He poured and invested heavily into Timothy. And in the end, they had this side-by-side mutual, beneficial, co-heirs relationship. And I've seen that happen with myself and my mom, where she was my mom. And investing into her daughter, where that became friendship, and then where that becomes co-heirs. And Drew, I see that with you and I as well, where I'm your mom. And slowly over time, that shifts, and we have the freedom to learn from one another in a not a hierarchical way, but in a beautiful, beneficial, which really reflects the kingdom way. And so for all of you who are listening... I encourage you to, one, stir up in your heart and recognize the desire for those kinds of relationships. Ask God about it. If you're an older woman, I'd love to encourage you to, even as my mom was saying, look around and say, where can I invest the relevance of love? And um, as Drew is saying, you know, the receiving and the giving as well. And so maybe there's a little piece that you can both leave us with an encouragement to our listeners, as I just did, about the mutual value of investing in relationships. Well, my encouragement would be to be a lifelong learner and, um, and, not, 
and this is maybe one of my challenges is not be answer woman or have all the answers, but keep humility and learn from younger women. Because sometimes when we um, come off as answer woman, it really can keep um, younger women or other, other women from really adding what they would like to share. And um, so that would be my, my thought, be a lifelong learner, uh, stay humble. We don't have all the answers and, and to really learn from others and really value and be outward focused um, for relationships. So good. How about you, Drew? Yeah, I think that relationships are kind of in a, in a way a mirror that show us more about who we are and um, who we are as humans and where, where we're going and how we're developing. And I think that God created us to be in relationship with one another. I think that's a sign of, of flourishing and, and of health. And I think that when we have relationships and we see the way people do their life and the way they impart wisdom and truth into our lives, it then informs how we want to live our lives. So truly without relationships, I feel like we don't even have a proper context of, of who we are and who we're becoming because we don't have anyone to be modeling our life after. So I think that um, for those that are, are wondering how, um, you know, relationships can flourish and how maybe those intergenerational relationships can, uh, can be bred and how they can, you know, form. I think that, uh, yeah, you can consider this your invitation from me. If you don't have someone to invite you to join a freedom challenge, to join an event and be in relationship and be in community. And, and sometimes it's, it's scary stepping out and being bold, but I think that it is there. We find out more of, of who we are and who God created us to be. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's, um, the heart of God for us to be in relationship. Woo! Everybody, I wasn't messing around when I told you how rad my family is. My mom, Barbara, and my daughter, Drew. And Drew, before we close up, just to add to both of what you said, something, again, yes, this is the Freedom Challenge online, so we're going to talk a lot about the Freedom Challenge, but I see women get remothered, and I see mother wounds get healed on these trips. I was just on a hike this last weekend, and it was with um, majority older women, 50 plus, and two, one in her 30s, one in her 40s. And one of the women said, I feel like I'm being remothered. And that is so beautiful because we women, some of us can have women, women wounds, mother wounds, and something transactional and transformational happens in these times together. So... I love you, Mama. I love you, Druby. And thank you for joining me and everyone else. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, let's continue to do good by helping enslaved women and children do more than you ever thought physically possible. And let's do it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. If you liked what you heard, join the fight to set women and children on a pathway to freedom across the globe. We are a proud ministry of Operation Mobilization USA and encourage you to learn more at thefreedomchallenge.com and omusa.org for how you can get involved. Follow us on Facebook, on Instagram at the FCUSA, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to let us know what you think. We'll see you next time.